Hey guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to the second part of our little two-parter on pricing. Before we get, we jump into our topic for the day, um, we always start with a little bit of an intro question to warm up. So I thought it would be fun if we kind of talked about projects that we're working on right now or a project. So Giselle, do you want to share about a project that you're working on right now? Yeah, definitely. So as of recording right now, I'm working on this really exciting project, um, an organization that I... I've had as a client for over a year now. They just acquired a smaller org and we're working on branding them to get them up to the standard of the the parent company. So I'm super excited about this project. It's the biggest one I've done by far in terms of branding and we're working on it. We're in the midst of of starting it. So yeah, definitely excited about that one. If you guys, I mean, you guys can't see her, but she's like grinning ear to ear right now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I'm su- like me and the whole team are like super excited. And it's about like it targets more like high school students and really more the teachers of the high school students. And so it's it's also a, a learning experience for me because I don't think I've had a project that where it's targeted high school students. Even when I was starting out as a designer, I started off working at a office in my college and I was like a marketing assistant. So I was marketing to other college students. So I don't think I've ever marketed to high school students. So that's a first for me. That's super cool. It's always fun when you get to kind of work with a new audience. Yeah. Um, because it's something that you've never kind of like done research for before. So that's awesome. Yeah. What about you? Um, I am working right now um, on a brand for, I'm, I'm actually partnering with Sky High Interactive, who she's a, um, her name is Becca. She runs Sky Eye Interactive and she um, is just killing it right now and has so much work that she is kind of contracting out a little bit of branding work. So I'm working on a project right now with her where I'm kind of taking the lead on branding for an infant sleep consultant company. And it's kind of a small business. There's two main consultants, but they have offices in New York and Denver. So they're looking to expand and it's totally up my alley, a lot of pastels and we're doing some like really, like really cool aesthetics. Um, where as of now, the project is headed in a very kind of like Scandinavian meets French, um, direction, which I'm really, really enjoying. And those are like complete opposites in my mind. (laughs) I know, I know they are like one is so clean and the other one's all intricate. I know. So (laughs) we're definitely, you know, making it work and I'm, Honestly, like as soon as I heard about this, the, the, the project kind of description, I was like, I want to work on that one. So um, this is our first project together. And just Becca's amazing. I'm really looking forward to, you know, taking on some more projects with her. Um, and yeah, just super, super exciting stuff. We're right at the beginning, just finished the mood board. So definitely looking forward to diving in further. Yeah, definitely. And that's the one that you showed me the mood board for earlier. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see what magic you create with that. Oh, thank you so much. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Giddy mood board. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, if we're not sharing mood boards by now on Facebook, then I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I know. Y'all go look at go look on the Facebook group. There are probably so many mood boards right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this episode, we're talking more about diving more into the mistakes that we made growing into where we're at today. Um, it's a second part of our pricing series. I think we're only going to have two parts. Maybe we'll have a few more, but we'll see what you guys want to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jen, do you want to start us off with the first thing we want to talk about? Sure. Yeah. So these mistakes that we've made in terms of pricing are things that I think every single designer has had to struggle with at some point in their career. Um, so if you are making, you know, these mistakes or or even if you, you you hear us talk about them you're like I don't think this is a mistake like girl you do you or 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 guy you know like <laughs> yeah. what, whatever like whatever you like just because we say it's a mistake that doesn't mean that like you shouldn't be doing it. So um th- like but with that being said like if I had known about these things when I first started, I would probably like save myself a lot of like headache, heartache and lost time. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, I think the first thing we want to talk about is like not factoring. So the, the mistake number one is not factoring um, travel and vacation time into your rates. Um, I know in the last episode we talked about um, making sure that, you know, you, you, you get every you hit every budget category, like you're making sure that you, you, you know, you know how much you're spending every month on each category in your budget. But, you know, we don't get paid time off as designers. And that is something that like you still need to like factor into your rates because what if you want to take two weeks off for Christmas? You need to make sure that you're still like in a good financial place. And that's a great time to take off too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not factoring in your travel or vacation time um, is a big mistake in our opinion because uh, Jen and I really, really like to travel and you know, we also we own a business and we want to make sure that we're covering our butts basically when we I mean, exactly. we started a business to have this flexibility and like choose when we want to be out and about. And um, hello, Wanda Design Co. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hence the name. And that's something that you would include into your hourly rate for the year. Um, so maybe we didn't really like discuss how to figure out your hourly rate in the last episode, like in full detail. Again, like there's a lot of articles online. Um, Nesha Woolery, I think I'm saying her name right. Yeah. She has a really good YouTube video on it that I've referred people to before. Um, so she like covers like, all right, sum up everything that you're going to be spending this year, including, you know, your travel time, your bills, um, healthcare, like all sorts of stuff. And then divide that by how many times you actually want to work in the year and then divide that by this and that. And so she like goes into detail and that's a really great resource that you guys can check out. Yes. We'll probably link it as well. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. Just making sure that like, just like Giselle said, you know, like you got to cover your butt when you're traveling, you know, you don't want to make like look at your bank account and then realize like, wait, you know, I'm not actually getting, it's just, <laughs> I'm not getting a, um, you know, a salary, especially because, you know, a lot of the times we're not salary. We are just, we get money when we work and when yeah. we don't, we don't. So yeah. um, just really good to like kind of look at your overly like or overly to look at your yearly you know income and and factor in like okay maybe I should be charging like a couple hundred more dollars or or whatever just to cover that time yeah you're gonna be taking time off and and when we say travel and vacation time we're also you know referring to any emergency time that you might have or like sick days and things like that like like you can try to plan to work every day of the year but realistically that's not going to happen like life's going to come in and make you not work yeah and you're going to have to have some days off whether it's like scattered throughout the year or like spending two weeks off and deciding to do that like you have to 
um, prepare for an event where you are going to have to take time off and it's not going to hurt your business, like to the point that you're going to have to look for a traditional job or something. Exactly. Yeah. So I think the second thing that we wanted to talk about, um, the second mistake that we personally have made and we see other people making is kind of obvious, but it is pricing yourself too low. There are a lot of different uh, different ways that this can affect you and affect our industry when this happens. So um, I guess I'll just talk about how it affects you or at least you know me personally. When I was pricing myself too low, I burned out so quickly and so hard. Um, and I think I, I feel like I see this happen a lot of the time to designers who are earlier on in their careers where, you know, they may not be as educated in pricing. They may not have found that pre- that pricing sweet spot we were talking about. And it just gets to be so much that they lose the joy in what they do. Mm-hmm. I've been there personally. I know a lot of people have experienced burnout, um, whether or not it ends up being a very physical, even a, a physical reaction, even a type of thing that can land you in the hospital. Sometimes I am lucky enough not to have ever had, you know, experience with that, but I have definitely experienced like not wanting to go to work, you know, not wanting to do the the projects that I, I usually like working on, you know, and like, you know, we kind of mentioned in the last episode, it's very, it's very dependent on really, but whether or not you're, you're getting properly compensated, you know, when you make something that you love into your career, the money is very important in making sure that like you are able to retain that, that, that joy um, and that love for what you do. Yeah. Definitely agree. And on top of that, like pricing yourself too low is hurting the industry. It's like, it's not just about mm-hmm. me or you or any, you know, it's about everybody. And yes. if there are people that are just keep pricing themselves too low and they know it, or maybe they don't know it, but hopefully you're listening to this episode and you know it now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that's, that's hurting the yeah. industry. Like people, you know, you're spoiling clients to the point that they're going to expect everybody to price themselves that low at some point, like it's not the client's fault because that's their experience. And then they're going to have that expectation. And we don't want that to be the reality. Right. Um, Because the work that we do is valuable and we definitely couldn't do this work, you know, getting paid so little. Um, It's a lot like branding, like we are brand designers and a lot of it comes from being strategic and knowing more about than just like um, design principles. Like we're, we're learning about business and we're learning about marketing and all sorts of other aspects that play into it and more of a holistic approach as opposed to just a regular graphic designer that maybe it's like a junior designer in a a company of some kind. I love what you said about the fact that it's really not the client's fault. You know, when, I mean, we've all had people reach out who were very surprised at how high our our rates seem to them, you know, and that might be for many reasons, but it might've been because they worked with a designer who wasn't properly, you know, pricing their work and they're, and putting enough value on themselves and causes those expectations of those, you know, of those clients to be like, oh, well, if she only charged me this much, then like, why are you charging me way more? You know, yeah. the way that we all are able to make more money. And like, I know y'all want to make more money. <laughs> the way that we're all able to do that is by all properly pricing ourselves because yeah. it's a market, you know, like I, I am not an economics person. I barely scraped by with a B in macro in college. But what I do know is that when, you know, you have everyone pricing yourself themselves at like a, a steady, you know, similar with, you know, within a certain range amount. And then there's one person that undercuts everyone else, you know, that really messes with things. You know, it causes all of us to feel like we need to lower our rates, it, you know, it, and then it just is a whole domino effect that ends up, 
like with all of us getting paid less and with a really confused clientele. So that's a really, really, really big reason not to price yourself super low. Not to go off on a rant or a tangent about this, but <laughs> I've had the experience where another uh, company had come to me. So this company outsourced all of their design work, but that's what they did. So like this person actually never designed. He wasn't even a designer um, and he would just hire people on Upwork or like hire people that he knew like as referrals. And I was one of the referrals and he wanted to hire me for design work. When I told him my rate, he was dumbfounded. He was just like, how do you how do you charge that much? Like, how do people even afford that? And Bob, like trying to make me feel bad Wow, for charging at my rate. And at the time that rate was lower too. So, cause this was a few years ago. And instead of me being like, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm going to lower my pricing to accommodate you. I was like, no, like that's how much, like at least how much you should be charging. And on top of that, like if you're mm-hmm. outsourcing the work, you should be charging even more than that. So you can have like, you know, like, so he can outsource the work and still make a profit. And, um, and it just like really struck me that even companies that are established with their own storefront and everything, like they, companies like that are pricing themselves too low and really hurting other designers yeah. and the industry, you know, we, us together as a whole, we have to raise the bar. Um, otherwise clients are going to expect things really low and it's only a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. We wanted to go to our, our benefit, like not just our benefit, but our clients too. Like Jen said, if we're pricing ourselves too low. It's it's a chain reaction. We're yeah. going to start getting burnt out. We're not going to be producing as good of a work. And um, the client's not going to be as happy. There's going to be a lot of emotions involved. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that, like, I, the client ends up not valuing your work when you price yourself really low. And that's another one, like, another one of the reasons why, like, you really should take a good hard look at what you're pricing and making sure that it's at, you know, a good level. Because mm-hmm. I feel like aspirational pricing I mean, like, I totally just invented that. So don't worry if you don't know what that is because I totally just made that up. But, like, I feel like when you are pricing yourself a little bit higher than you feel like, you know, you're worth, I feel like that is when it's the right price, you know? Like, and if, and I was actually just talking with Giselle about this. Um, we should have turned our recording on. <laughs> but, like, when a client sees that you, you know, when a client has to reach a little bit, to pay you, but they're still willing and excited to do so, that is the sweet spot because, you know, you are asking for what your worth, your work is worth. And I feel like there's more respect in the process. There's more trust. Yeah. They believe that you are truly a professional because you're charging, you know, a rate that is in some instances quite high and, you know, and they might be a little taken aback, but you know, they'll realize like, wow, you know what? This designer is actually incredible. Like I'm not saying this about myself, but I'm just saying hypothetically, like it, you know, you, you get what you ask for. If you are discounting yourself so much where you're, you're, you know, you're only charging like 30 bucks for a logo design, you know, like then that logo is only going to be worth 30 bucks to your client. Yeah. And they're going to feel like they can push you around and they're going to, you know, feel like it's a kind of a throwaway thing. And like the whole relationship is thrown off. So, yeah. And when you and when you're lowering your prices that much um, and playing that whole, you know, price game like that, your competition doesn't just become other designers. Your competition becomes like the T-shirt they saw at the store. Like that's 30 bucks. Maybe I'll just yes. spend money on that and like wait on the branding for later. I don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Or it can be, you know, yeah. they're, they're comparing it to other things that they're investing in their business that to them at this point. They know this is how much it costs. So if you tell them this is how much my design costs, then they'll respect that. 
as opposed to, you know, charging so little that they're comparing it to how much they're paying their copywriter or their web developer or their business coach. Like they're probably asked, like paying so much more for that, that in comparison, what they're paying you, like they're going to see the value in that. And well, they're, they're going to fail to see the value in that, that you're truly giving because of the price that you put on it. And it's all a perceived value. There's a lot of psychology in this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. when, do, how many times do we go to the store and decide to go for either the store option that's cheaper or like the branded option that's a little more expensive? A lot of people will still choose the, the one that they know more, like the more branded one, because they're familiar with it and they, they see the price is higher. So they perceive the value is going to be better. I love that. You know, like that is, that is so true. I mean, it, it goes down to the very most basic level of like going to the store and getting spaghetti sauce, you know, like. I love me some Prego, but like sometimes I want Classico. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I'm like, I need some of that four cheese in my life. But like yeah. it is so applicable to what we do. And, you know, we laugh about it, but like that is such a great metaphor and such a great comparison um, and something that we should really, really keep in mind when we're, you know, determining our pricing. And this kind of we were just talking about the third mistake that, you know, we have made, we see people make is is discounting our rate, you know, yeah. having a rate but then discounting it because you really want a client. I think this this mistake could also be framed as not being willing to walk away. And I know that's really, really hard because when you get an inquiry, I know that fireworks are going off in your head. I know it. I know that feeling. I mean, it's the best feeling in the world when someone is interested in paying you for your service. Yeah. But if you're not willing to walk away, if they're not willing to pay you what you're worth, then it it kind of like, you know, if you kind of go back on what your original price was, then that just opens the door for that client to push you around. They mm-hmm. don't trust that like you have their best interest at heart because it's like, oh, well, if you're willing to do it for lower, then why don't you just say it was lower? Like, were you trying to steal from me? You know, like it's just yeah. it's a whole, that was like a little hypothetical conversation. <laughs> had. But like, you know, you know what I mean, though, Giselle, you know, yeah. like it's it, it really just like opens such a can of worms if you're not willing to be like, you know, I respect where you are in this in in your business right now. I know that you're not ready to invest in me. Um, I'm gonna have to you know pass you along to another designer or um, just you know wish you the best because I'm just not able to take this project on right now. Yeah, um, it is one of the hardest things you were ever gonna have to do is turn work down, mm-hmm. especially if you're hurting financially. But it is a way 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 bigger mistake um, discounting your rate. Yeah to get the work. And I'm not talking about in terms of like, if you need the money so bad for a specific reason, like you have to do what you have to do. You know, we're not judging you, but if it becomes something that you're constantly doing, then I would say that it's a, probably a major problem. And it's a, another chain reaction as well, because if you keep discounting your work just to get the client, like it becomes a psychological thing. Once again, like it becomes a mindset mm-hmm. thing. So you start thinking, yeah. well, people aren't going to hire me unless I give them a discount. And then you're going to instill that in your head and believe that. And so the next client that comes in before they even ask, like before they even like you even realize that they are willing to pay full price for your work, you already undervalued yourself by saying like, but I can offer it at a discount. And that's just not doing anybody good Mm -hmm. on top of that. You know, as we mentioned earlier, like it's just the client's not going to value your work as much. And I've been burned a few too many times giving discounts in the past. Yes, as have I. And this year, 2019 is a year I don't give discounts anymore. Instead, what you can do um, is give them a bonus, like a bonus of something that 
you know, is a low cost to you. Maybe you've already done it before. Maybe it's a template you've done before and like something that's like super low cost, low investment for you, but that will mean a lot to the client um, as like a courtesy Mm -hmm. instead of giving a discount. Yeah. That's a really, really, really good advice. I've actually never thought about doing that before. Um, And, you know, if, if you get to a place where the client's like, you know what, I really, really can't afford like what, $2,300. I really can't afford it. You know, like, and you still want to get them, you can offer, you know, less in your package. That doesn't mean that you're discounting your price. It just means that you're going to be providing a little bit less value. It's going to take you less time. Mm -hmm. Um, That price is still accurate, you know, because if you're like, okay, you know, what if I, you know, I, I won't, I won't give you the style guide and I won't give you, you know, the Instagram launch graphics. How about, you know, I could, I could probably like knock $200 off for that. Would, would you be okay with that? Um, we're not saying don't do that. I think that's a really great thing. Just kind of the opposite of what Giselle said, but I love the idea of kind of adding a little bit more value, especially if it's something that really doesn't take you a lot of time. So one last thing about giving discounts, um, if the client just thinks that they can't afford it, they probably can. Like, again, like you, you kind of gauge where they're at in their business. And instead of telling them like the full, I mean, you can't tell them the full price up front and tell them that first, like that's called anchoring. So you always want to give the higher price first. That way they don't get sticker shock from the next thing that they're going to hear. Cause that is a sticker shock to begin with Yes, is, um, telling them, but we can do a payment schedule of blank, 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 at blank, blank, blank per month. And they'll hear the much lower price per month. And to them, that just seems a lot more feasible. Exactly. I, I very rarely actually bill my projects all at once. Yeah. Specifically because I require a 50% down payment on every project that I do. And if someone's not willing to do that, then then that's that's a red flag and I walk away from that client. Yes, um, that's smart. <laughs> most, most, yes, yeah. Most clients, you know, I do three payments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's a smaller project, I'll do two. But, you know, like you can give them the full amount or you need to say the full amount. You know, you can say like, you can say this much for three, like three payments of whatever, you know, it is psychology again. That's why people you see on a QVC or whatever. It's like three low payments of $19.99. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> that's kind of like cheesy, but like, I feel like it still applies here. Um, yeah. and, and people are smart. You know, they know that as long as you're upfront and you're clear, yeah. you know, it's not just one payment of this is three payments of this. It's, it just, it makes it a little bit more digestible for people. Definitely. Yeah. So then our fourth, Uh, mistake that we made in the past is sort of going back into the mindset a little bit and it's not framing your pricing as an investment. Yes. This is a really easy one to like forget about or and it's a really easy change to make. It's all in your languaging. So um, Giselle, was there a time in Wonder Design Co. where you remember where you switched that languaging over or was it always investment? No, I remember the time that I switched that language over and it was, <laughs> it was when I took, um, uh, Jamie from Spruce Road's course. Yes. She's amazing. She taught like, you know, you use a word investment, like write that in your proposals and things like that, because you do want to frame it as like, Hey, you're not just like, it's not an expense. Um, you're not, you know, going to let go of this money and never see it return again. Like this is something that's going to return tenfold. Exactly. I mean, yeah. When I think of an investment, you know, I think of you know, stocks where you're paying the money now, but you are going to end up making much more money over the long run. And that 100% applies here. This isn't just like go into the the ice cream stop and like, you know, buy an ice cream cone and then it's gone, you know, like, (laughs) and I feel like a lot of, a lot of people, they will think about it like that unless you frame it in such a way where it's like, okay, yeah, this is $2,300. But, you know, if you sell, 
you know, X many, if you, if you only get like two clients or if you like sell, you know, a hundred more products because your branding is, you know, increased, you know, like all of the things that we do as brand designers, like they've made their money back and more. And because like we sign away our rights to, you know, allowing them to use the logos and all those graphic elements forever, there's not a cap on how much, you know, return they can get on that investment. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe like, not like hammering at home so much that it's like really awkward with people and, you know, in, in a, in a pitching, you know, conversation, but like just using the word investment instead of price. I don't really use the word price when I talk to people. Yeah. I really don't. I'm not like annoying about the word investment. I feel like it, it can go too far where you're like, you know, investment, 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 investment. But like, you know, I use that languaging on my, my, my pricing guide and on my website and I, you know, I'll drop it in maybe once or twice when I'm on the phone with someone. And I really feel like it does make a difference. Yeah. And then with the, um, the fifth thing that we want to talk about in terms of mistakes that we've been in the past is not talking about prices or budgets, um, early enough or, or talking about it too late. This is something that I'm currently working on. In fact, no one, no matter how long people can be in business, like it can be hard to talk about money. And, you know, you've probably already learned by now, if you haven't yet, that talking about money is super important to become a good business owner. Yes. That's something that I'm still getting comfortable with. I tend to try to shy away from it, but I, I have to put it in my notes in like my, I have like a diagnostic call script. It's not a script really, but it just has like questions that I can bounce off of if I run, run out of things to ask. And in there is a one about pricing. And you can ask either, you know, what is the budget or what is the budget for this project? And they're going to give you like a really low number, but that's a huge difference between what they can actually afford. So one thing I don't do is I don't ask for their budget. I ask maybe, have you planned a budget for this project? That way I can like get an idea of like, do they, are they experienced with these kinds of things? Like, do they know how much it will cost? I don't ask them what their actual budget is. Sometimes they'll even tell me what their budget is. I don't even like to hear it because then again, like I said before, in terms of anchoring, anchoring. exactly. Mm-hmm. If they tell me, oh, you know, I have a budget of $4,000 right away. I think, okay, $4,000. Well, I can't charge them $4,000 now because that's what they told me. And um, I should probably charge a little bit less than that. And like, before I even think about like, what's the scope of the work and everything and how much would I have charged if they never told me 4000 and it just messes with my mind. So I'd rather not even know and instead tell them. Exactly. So based off of what we had talked about, this is how much we're looking at in terms of the investment. It can range from this to this and making like the first thing that you say the highest number and then saying the lowest number. Let's say, you know, based off of our conversation today, I can see that the project is going to be an investment somewhere between $6,000 and $3,000. Is that something that works with your budget? And then when you ask them that question, they're going to be able to respond to you and either say, whoa, that's like way out of my price range. I'm sorry. And then that way, you know, like you're going to save yourself a heck of a lot of time to make a proposal and they can't even afford you. Or they can be like, oh, you know, well, we'll think about it. Like talk about it. Send me the proposal. And that's when, you know, like they have the money for it. They didn't have the budget. They they didn't set aside a budget of that amount, but they do have the money for it. Right. It's all about kind of like trying to weasel your way into their bank account without actually <laughs> weaseling your way into their bank account. I know that sounds like when I phrase it like that, it sounds like, whoa, but you know, like that, I, I love that. I love, um, man, like every time I listen to you talking about, you know, the kind of the back end business stuff, Giselle, I just, I learn so much and that, you know, like I'm so 
it's it's just so it is just so like there's so many things that you have learned in your time as a designer that like I have never thought of before. I'm like, wow, like I never thought to, you know, to do things that way or, you know, like I'm just uh, I just I'm having a Giselle appreciation. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, like I, I love that I'm helping you out as well. And it doesn't just come from my own experience. It comes from, you know, having business coaches and um, just learning about all this stuff, like continuing to learn about everything, reading books and all of that stuff and having this podcast. So also learning about each other in our community, which I'm excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like um, I feel like we kind of were able to touch on a lot of, you know, those different mistakes that people are making. We want to know in the Facebook group, have you guys, you know, what mistakes have you guys made in terms of pricing? Because a mistake, you know, it can hurt you in the moment, but if you learn from it and then share it with others so that other people don't have to make the same mistake, like you're going to be really, really saving someone, you know, a lot of time, energy, heartache, you know, lost income, you know? So like, just think about like one of the biggest mistakes you've made in, in, in pricing as a designer, whether or not you've been designing for 10 years or one month, you know, yeah. go and share it in the Facebook group because there's someone out there who's going to be able to benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. And what Jen had said earlier in our episode, this could be mistakes for us and for other people, it works for them and that's totally fine too. But yeah, it's always great to share. Um, that's what we're here for. So we don't know what we don't know. And if someone's sharing something just because, and that might be like the big ticket answer for somebody else that they've been waiting for and they didn't even know how to ask the question. Exactly. Because like Giselle said, you know, we are not the end all be all on this and everything that we know we've learned from either trial and error or from other designers who are willing, you know, either to like design a course that we paid for and, you know, consumed, or we're willing to just share on their blog for free or or anything like that. So it just kind of comes back to that, you know, we are all in this together and we need to support each other and and share those, you know, the stories of, of failure or, you know, mistakes, um, because it just brings us closer together and, and helps everyone learn and become better designers. Better. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's wrap up this uh, episode with our inbox question. And today's question is going to be, Jen, what is one of the most common questions a potential client asks you? Man, this is this is such a good one. And I actually haven't thought of my answer until right in this moment. Um, I think one of the most, one of the questions that I get a lot from people is like that they don't understand what's included in a brand identity design package. And I get that because there are a lot of different, you know, packages that people offer um, or, or they don't understand what brand identity means. Yes. Like the most <laughs> basic core tenet of, you know, what we do. So a lot of what my content messaging is all around is educating my audience on what exactly brand identity design is. Um, so I have, you know, hoping to like work on some blog posts about that. And I have some, you know, Instagram posts that I've, that I've, they've written up in the past, but that's probably one of the most common questions that I get um, from potential clients. And it's funny because usually Usually the people who end up booking me are people who have not asked that question. So maybe they're not actually potential clients, but they're they're like pre-potential clients, if that makes sense. Because the people who end up booking me are like, okay, I need a brand identity design, like Jen, you know? So I'm like, hey, you already know what you're talking about. So yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And actually that is one of the most common questions for me as well. Yeah. Is a, a potential client asking me, like after we even talked for like 10, 15 minutes, they're like, so what is brand identity? And they're almost like bashful about it. Yeah. It's a good reminder that 
as brand designers, we can get into this bubble, but we have to remember to speak in the client's language and not like, speak like how we're speaking to each other. Exactly. Because there are a lot of buzzwords. Yeah. They don't know what raster is. Like they don't know what a vector is. They don't know what alternate layouts are, like brand marks, logo marks, like things like that. Like, Yeah. Marks is a big one. That's, yeah. another, that's another question I get very often. What's a mark? You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, well, actually, let me explain that to you because it actually is a little confusing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we really hope to... Um, Get to know you more in the Facebook group, whether you're new, you've been listening for a little bit. Um, we want to hear about everything, like all the thoughts and like things that you, you came to mind while you were listening to this podcast. Um, again, I like, thank you so much. Um, and we will see you guys in the next episode and in the Facebook group. See you there, guys. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. I bet you've got a designer friend who'd enjoy it too. So share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Working from home got you down? That's exactly what our Facebook group is for. Search for Better, a brand designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other. 